Hello and welcome to episode seven of Dictionary of Moments. I'm your host, Jason Geary. I write the stories and I read the stories. And most of all, I hope you like the stories. So let's get to it. song and I'd like to thank the Heartstrings Project for donating that song to the Dictionary of Moments podcast. Check them out on Spotify, digital music platforms and YouTube as well. Uh, you can find links to that in the notes of this podcast. Well, here we are, episode seven of the Dictionary of Moments. Uh, I'd like to thank some people who have reached out during this week and uh, offered kind words uh, on Facebook and uh, via email. The podcast seems to be finding some appreciative ears, so thank you very much for reaching out. It is a strange thing, this uh, writing is very solitary, recording this whole thing is very solitary, and then I just put it out into the digital void, so it's nice to uh, get some feedback from you as well. Uh, So let's jump into this week's stories. Thanks again for your support. Um, Enjoy. Verb. Begin to be. Become. It was approximately 14 feet across the room between them. The house was chock full of people, shoulder to shoulder, laughing, talking, posturing. Lisa Winstead's party was in full flight. Not that it mattered to these two. Olivia didn't dare look away, and Lucas was transfixed. Norma Tesgado was talking loudly to a mesmerised group of friends right next to Olivia. She was gracing them with the mortifying tale of the drama that had unfolded the night before. She dropped her phone into the toilet. It short-circuited and FaceTime dialed her ex-boyfriend. The horrified screams were really ruining the moment for Olivia. Under her breath, she spat, Oh, shut up, Norma. And Norma did. Mid-sentence, her friends looked at each other curiously. Olivia cocked an eyebrow. Luke, who hadn't heard the conversation or the comment, raised his eyebrow in reply. He figured this flirting was going well. Olivia felt a rush of blood as she looked at him. She decided to test her theory. She whispered, touch your face. And Luke did, kind of flirty. Well, as flirty as a swift wipe of the nose could be, Olivia lit up. Could it be? Shh! The entire party 
went quiet. Music and all. No one seemed to notice. The party continued just in silence. Luke smiled. Olivia gestured to him, come here. He tipped up onto his toes and found himself looking for a path through the silent dance floor between them. Part, Olivia said. The people between them parted like the Red Sea. A clear view of Luke made Olivia catch her breath. He walked to her and stopped close. She reached out her hand and he took it. Oh, you made this party stop. Wait, you know? Yeah, you, you did this, he gestured to the muted masses. So, you're not under my control, Olivia asked. No, I wanted to come over here, because I, I think you're kind of cool. Now that I know you're actually magic, you, <laughs> you're a little cooler. Olivia blushed. I, I wasn't magic until just now. Until I saw you. Really? He asked with a dumb smile. Yeah, really. Cool. Cool. You want to dance? Now Luke was blushing. Yeah, I do. Cool. Cool. Olivia yelled, Clear the floor. Dim the lights. Play Two Become One, Spice Girls. They closed their arms awkwardly around each other as the song played. The crowd of people watched them sway together. Cool. (laughs) Cool. person who has returned, especially, supposedly, from the dead. Revenant. I felt a weight on my left shoulder I hadn't felt for years. I looked down, surprised to see that my angel had returned. He looked beaten, wings singed, robes stained. He smoked a joint and sat like he was hanging out on a stoop. He looked up at me and offered me a hit. No thanks. It's weed. Yeah, I know. I can smell it. Where have you been? I'd given up on ever seeing you again. I thought you'd given up on me. Well, you got to want me here. It's how it works. I thought you'd given up on me because of the... The angel slurred out the rest of the sentence, which finished with him laughing outrageously at whatever he just said. Are you drunk? The angel burped in response. The devil on my other shoulder pulled on my ear. Listen, we got a good thing going here. We found our groove. Look at him. Ain't no way he's got your back like I do. Let's just keep going, you and I. You want to have the responsibility of getting that fucking asshole right again? No, fuck him. We got no time for that. We got shit to do. Hey, you can't just come back here like that. Ignore him. Yeah, ignore him. Fuck him. Let's go. Um, yeah, I guess. Good. Now let's go. I had a date to get to some website 
chick. It wouldn't work out. It never does. I grabbed my coat and I looked in the mirror next to the front door. My devil adjusted his tie and slicked back his hair. My angel puked in a bag. Messed up as my angel seemed, for the first time in years, I noticed an odd feeling of equilibrium as I walked out the front door. One of the four suits in a conventional deck of playing cards. Spade. The mood in the treehouse was tense. Leon McCormick paced in front of a whiteboard that he'd stolen from his mother's home office. Half of it was covered in to-do lists that he dare not rub off. He'd stuck two pieces of red wool from his sister's crochet kit across the lists to form an obvious no-go zone. The unsecured half of the board was a pyramid of photographs of kids' faces. Above the pyramid was written the title, Summer Lake Death Squad. The Summer Lake Death Squad were a gang that had been moving in on the treehouse. All but the top picture had various playing cards assigned to them. Tommy Diamond was picking his nose and about to eat it when the booger was slapped from his hand. Don't you dare. You don't get to eat your boogers until this job is done. Do you understand me? Leon McCormack stared him in the eyes. Okay, yes, okay. Tommy Diamond stuttered from shock. Good. Listen now, boogers later. Actually, no boogers ever. It's gross anyway. My brother says it builds up the immune system. Leon McCormack adopted a mocking tone. My brother says it builds up the immune system. His voice dropped to serious again. Your brother's nickname is Snots. You hear me? Snots. You know how he got that nickname? Yeah. Eating boogers. That's right. Eating boogers. Do you want to be called Snots the second? No. No, you don't. So listen up. Leon McCormick turned around to address the room. Today is the day that we go over Frank Taglatelli's back fence and hit them where it hurts. The mud pit. A murmur broke out in the room. A chorus of, what? Huh? That's suicide, rippled throughout the kids. Shut up. It can so be done. At 10.30, everyone goes inside for morning snack. They usually leave Duncan Shaw next to the mud pit because he has a nut allergy and he can't have a snack. Sam Richter interrupted. But how do we get rid of him? He's huge. Silently. Leon McCormack pointed to Michelle Hunter, who immediately held up a bag of peanuts. Everyone in the room let out a loud, Leon McCormack continued. He'll run, or he'll need his EpiPen. Either way, we are in the clear. We take the mud pit, and we make mud pies, quickly and cleanly. Jasper Ross put up her hand, Leon McCormack continued. Before you ask, Jasper... When I say cleanly, I mean efficiently. I am aware that we are dealing with mud and that we will get dirty. Jasper Ross lowered her hand. Once our pies are packed, we take up stations. 
Leah McCormick walked over to a rudimentary scale model of the backyard made from cereal boxes and pointed decisively to four different areas. Here, 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 and here. A long silence befell the treehouse as kids just looked at the ground in front of them, contemplating the horror that was about to unfold. Kathy Mulligan broke the silence. How do we know when to throw the pies? Leon McCormick gave Kathy Mulligan a pat on the shoulder. Great question, Kathy. He walked back over to the whiteboard and took one final playing card from his pocket. It was the Ace of Spades. He placed it on the photograph at the top of the pyramid. This kid, Craig Tomeki. As soon as he walks out, we get him. Our intel says that even though he's the boss of the Summer Lake Death Squad and is a bully and is a thug, his mum will ground him if he comes home covered in mud one more time. Don't you see? That's why he's got the other kids making the mud plies for him. He has to keep himself clean. He has an image to protect. And that's what makes him vulnerable. Leon McCormick tapped on the photograph again. We cut off the head... And the body dies. It's as simple as that. Another long, stunned silence. This time, Leon McCormick was drinking it in. A hand shot up. Dang, it was Miles Blunt. Leon McCormick pointed at him. Yes? Sometimes, if if you cut the head off something, the body doesn't die. I saw it on a David Attenborough documentary one time. It just grows another head. Leah McCormick put his face in his palm. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the stories. Uh, you can, of course, write uh, write me at uh, podcast at dictionaryofmoments.com. Uh, you can subscribe and review the podcast via iTunes. Uh, please link on your socials and recommend to your friends. Thanks to all of you have that have been doing that. Um, okay, well, here's another episode for the Digital Abyss. Thanks for joining. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for supporting. I hope these stories made your day just a little bit better. Until next week, ciao. Follow you blindly, my eyes.